Hi, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this is the Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And this is episode 252, I think. Before we start, I'd like to thank Isaac Mitchell and John Blackthorne for liking the Weekend Out Facebook page. And I'd also like to thank my sister for becoming a Patreon supporter. Is it cheating if a family member supports you on Patreon? Either way, I welcome the generosity. And while I'm at it, thanks to all you other Patreon supporters, too. It means a lot. So we're up to about 30 bucks a month now. I say we, it's just me, one guy with a computer and a USB mic. 30 bucks might not sound like much, but it more than covers the monthly cost of hosting the feed for this show. And once again, it's greatly appreciated. But you know, now that I think about it, maybe we is kind of appropriate. I mean... Myself, the content creator, along with you guys, the listeners, we do form kind of a little community, I guess, as wary as I usually am of the word quote-unquote community. But alright, let's get on with it. It's been a while, so I thought I'd cover some news stories. First up, Tim Allen. Yes, that Tim Allen recently tweeted something stupid. I usually wouldn't be that blunt about it, but it was pretty stupid. He basically repeated the most hackneyed, brainless, bottom-of-the-barrel fundy argument ever. If we evolved from apes, why are there still apes? Or something like that. I might be paraphrasing. And uh, we'll check it out in a minute. But I just wanted to say, friend and listener Joe Pugsley sent me uh, a picture today that kind of ties into all this. It shows a Labrador wearing, like, uh, a baseball cap, a hunting vest... With a shotgun and a bear and, and a bit yeah a bear and a bear in front of him, and it says, "If we evolved from wolves, why are there still wolves?" And I loved it. Yeah, so here it is, and it's dated August fifteenth. If we evolved from apes, why are there still apes? And then someone says, "Us and today's quote unquote apes evolved from a common ancestor, different from both of us." And yeah, that's true. Evolution's more like a branching tree than a linear line. Uh, someone else says, I suspect if he actually wanted to know the answer, he would have typed his question into Google instead of Twitter. Someone else said, this is kind of a low blow, but it definitely elicited a chuckle from me. If Tim Allen evolved from being a cocaine dealer to being a comedian, why are there still cocaine dealers? And then it has a picture of his mugshot. You have to see the mugshot to get it, but someone else said, looks like every Coke dealer in the 80s. It has Tim, Tim Allen, a young Tim Allen with feathered hair and a big mustache. So the weird thing is, this seems like the type of thing a fundamentalist Christian might tweet, but I read up on Tim Allen's religious beliefs while researching this episode, and he doesn't seem to be a Christian fundamentalist. He described himself as a quote-unquote pretty solid Christian in the past, but also admits to, like myself, having delved into or studied Eastern philosophy and uh, spirituality. Here's a quote from a Faithwire article. Even as an altar boy, I was asking the bigger questions, you know, if God is in fact good, what is all this death I see? And if God is gentle, what is all this suffering I see, Alan said. I found some of the answers in Eastern religion. It explained my Christianity to me. Good and evil are the same thing. You can't have one without the other. And he also uh, refers to God as the builder. Uh, so let's see. 
And here I'm quoting an article. As for his relationship with God, Allen told ABC that he believes God, whom he referred to as the quote-unquote builder, put him on earth and said that those closest to him know full well about his deep spirituality. I don't push it. I just want a relationship with whoever built me, he said. This is too much, too weird, that it happened by accident. It didn't happen by accident. So there you have it. While we don't know the intricate ins and outs, we do know that Alan is a faithful and grateful guy. And it just occurred to me, uh, I just remembered the character that Tim Allen played on Home Improvement. And I'm imagining God as that kind of builder, like this bumbling wannabe tradesman. And, and that might actually explain things. Well, then that's kind of like the, uh, the Gnostic concept of the Demiurge, but I don't want to get into all that. Yeah, so weird. He doesn't seem to be a fundamentalist, but if that tweet was meant to be taken seriously and not him just trying to be funny or trolling, then he obviously questions evolution. Well, I guess you don't have to be a Christian fundamentalist or young earth creationist to question evolution. He seems to be very attached to the idea that quote-unquote it didn't happen by accident. So much like a young earth creationist or biblical literalist, he probably does view evolution as a threat to his faith or worldview. It's funny, I, I had no idea Tim Allen was so right-leaning until recently. I can remember enjoying his stand-up as a kid, Despite his family-friendly reputation, we probably all remember him as I was saying that bumbling dad from Home Improvement, he used to work pretty blue at times um, regarding his stand-up. I remember one bit in particular that literally uh, elicited groans from the audience. It had to do with what if it were socially acceptable for straight guys to blow each other. And he goes into this hypothetical dialogue between two salt-of-the-earth, blue-collar type guys talking about how they uh, perform oral sex on each other. I think I was pretty damn young when I saw that, and understandably, uh, it kind of stuck with me. Is my podcast still listed as clean in the iTunes store? I may have to change that. But while we're on the subject of evolution, I recently received a rather unfriendly response to a Ken Ham video I did a while back. Uh, here's what the person had to say. If humans have been around for 100,000 years and we now have around 7 billion people, where are the millions upon millions of skeletal remains? At a rate of 10% increase, it would only take around 1,000 years to reach our, our 7 billion. Do your homework, please, and stop spreading evolutionary lies. And as I said on Facebook, I was tempted to just tell the guy to F off, but I replied, I'll try to ignore the fact that you accuse me of propagating lies and do my best to engage you in a civil discussion. Your proposed idea of a steady progression is faulty. Supposedly widespread tool use didn't come into play until around 65,000 years ago. Mankind didn't even enter Europe until about 45,000 years ago. About 25,000 years ago, human population growth was massively set back by an ice age, and a real boom in human population growth didn't come about until the agricultural revolution about 11,000 years ago. And he says 100,000 years there, but I think there's some difference of opinion on just how long modern humans have been around. I think it goes back as far as, say, quarter of a million years, maybe even 300,000, according to some uh, literature I've read. I think with the consensus being roughly around 200,000 years ago. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, the Smithsonian says, um... 
The species that you and all other living human beings on this planet belong to is Homo sapiens. During a time of dramatic climate change, 200,000 years ago, Homo sapiens evolved in Africa. And someone on Twitter made an excellent point as well that I think had occurred to me uh, also while I was responding to that guy. I wanted to read their tweet on the show, but it looks like it's become long lost in my uh, Twitter shuffle. Now, I feel bad not being able to give them credit. But they said something to the point that, you know, fossilization is a process that doesn't necessarily happen all that often, relatively speaking. Most remains just decay and are lost to time rather than becoming fossilized. I mean, just like if you go for a walk through nature today, you're not tripping over carcasses all over the place. Uh, by means of predation and decay, nature does a pretty good job of reclaiming or recycling uh, remains or materials. And also, he gives this 2% increase a year figure or whatever it was. Where is he getting that from? And what's the size of the initial population he's positing? It's not like we would have necessarily been thriving like we are today prior to the agricultural revolution. I mean, there were times, I believe, when modern humans did spread out across the map uh, fairly rapidly. But I imagine in general, life was pretty damn tough. And I did receive a response from this guy, but I haven't read it yet. I figured I'd save it for the show. So here we go. Let's see. Is he going to be a uh, civil or decent human being? Or is he going to be all salty? You never know with the humans. Let's find out. So I just opened up that old Ken Ham video on YouTube. Uh, it was entitled Ken Ham Dinosaurs versus Giants. It had to do with a diorama at, uh, I think, that Ark Encounter uh, exhibit that shows giants kind of torturing and executing humans in a Roman-style arena. <laughs> and uh, let's see, it has over a thousand views, 18 likes, eight, wow, eight dislikes. I hope that's all um, butthurt, fundamental. I, have I ever said butthurt on the show before? Fundamentalists or young earth creationists and not people uh, on my side who don't... Uh, you know, like the quality of the content or something. But anyway, let's find out what this guy said. Okay, so, actually, uh, it looks like he might be civil. I understand your position, but the dates that science come up with using carbon dating is, shouldn't that be R, because he's saying dates, plural, grammar Nazi. The dates that science comes up with using carbon dating is not accurate in the least sense, especially when they get different dates on the same animal. Well, you know what I'll do? I was expecting him to be uh, hostile or combative, but he's being a decent guy, so I'll actually give him a thumbs up. I'll say, thank you for the civil response. I appreciate it. Smiley face emoticon. <laughs> And you might be wondering why I didn't refute his point there. And I guess two reasons. I didn't want to get mired in a pissing match with this guy. And also, I want to try to be as honest and accurate as possible. It's been a long time since I've read up on carbon or carbon-14 dating. And I didn't want to just throw a reply out there without researching it first. But I think it is true that carbon dating results can vary or fluctuate. And I have heard young earth creationists, apologists, etc. 
point to sub- supposed examples where carbon dating results have varied dramatically on something, say, like an ancient vase or something like that. And to be honest, I'm not sure if those examples are valid, if they're cherry-picking them, if there's something that they're leaving out about the story that explains why those results or dates might be so off or skewed. And uh, from what I recall, even though the readings on the same object can yield differing results sometimes, there's usually a ballpark margin of error and that usually isn't, relatively speaking, all that far off. And, and generally speaking, carbon dating is pretty darn reliable. But I think this all might be moot to some degree, because I think radiocarbon dating is only accurate back to, what, like 50,000, 60,000 years. I think paleontologists, etc., also use relative dating, you know, looking at the different layers of strata in the Earth to try to determine the age of fossils, etc., radiometric dating of volcanic ash layers, uh, so forth and so on. But I'm not a paleontologist or archaeologist, so maybe I'll zip it before I get too far out of my depth and move on to the next story. And so to be honest, I'm not even really sure why I'm covering this next story. It only falls loosely into the whale house of religion, but I guess it caught my attention because it has to do with local history, and it's also timely because it ties into all the recent controversy regarding whether or not monuments and statues connected to slavery should be taken down or renamed. So there was recently a gathering of religious leaders somewhere here in Massachusetts, and one of them, an African-American man, proposed renaming Faneuil Hall in in honor of Crispus Attucks, the first man to die or be killed during the Boston Massacre. And I think thusly also theorized by some to be the first man to die in the Revolutionary War. It's funny, when I was a kid, I used to think it was Christmas Addicts, and I always, I was always like, hey, that's a cool name, but Christmas Addicts is pretty cool too. So Christmas Addicts was an African-American, and possibly it's thought half Native American, uh, Wampanoag specifically, I think. And so when I first heard this, I was like, come on, really? Rename Faneuil Hall this beloved historical landmark? What the heck does Faneuil Hall have to do with slavery? Well, turns out Peter Faneuil, who the building is named for, was involved in the slave trade. And I think he had even held slave auctions close to its location. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Faneuil Hall is a popular marketplace slash meeting hall that dates back to 1743, I believe it is. And just to give you some context, according to my GPS, Faneuil Hall is only about 29 minutes away from me, and that's during rush hour as I record this, so pretty close. I'll read a bit from an article, and it's dated August 16th, and it's from CBS Boston. Leader of Boston group calls to rename Faneuil Hall. Boston religious leaders gathered on Wednesday at the historic building to condemn the violence in Charlottesville. That is when Kevin Peterson, founder of the New Democracy Coalition, suggested it. Here in this very place, on this very ground, we see an embarrassment to the community of color in Boston, an embarrassment to white people of good mind and good spirit in Boston because this place is named after a man who engaged in the sale of human flesh, and we should be quite frankly embarrassed by that. I've called on the mayor in recent months to look into renaming this building, said Peterson. 
It's an embarrassment to the city to remain focusing on this place as a place of celebration and as a place of which we should have some civic pride with this name attached to it. He proposed that the building be renamed after Crispus Attucks, a black man who was the first person killed in the Boston Massacre. Boston's famous Faneuil Hall was donated to the city by Peter Faneuil, a merchant in the area during the 1700s. He both owned and traded slaves. Now, in full disclosure, I'm not fond of the city, and I'm not necessarily talking about Boston specifically. To me, cities are like these depressing cement mazes. There are some exceptions. Uh, there are some old-world European cities that I think have a certain charm, and also some parts of Boston as well. Historical areas where there's still cobblestone streets, etc. But I find modern cities to be generally pretty bleak and utilitarian. And bear with me, this will eventually tie back into the topic at hand. I think my distaste of the city probably stems back at least in part to my early childhood. I remember being probably elementary school age, and they used to bring us on field trips into Boston, to the aquarium, to Faneuil Hall, etc. And everyone else would always be so excited, couldn't wait to get their permission slip signed. I, on the other hand, dreaded field trips. Man, even as a little kid, I was neurotic. I think I had this fear that I was going to get lost or left behind in the city and I'd never make it back home again. But I remember going to Faneuil Hall and digging it. It's this really colorful and interesting marketplace with all sorts of vendors and food. When I was little, I used to really be into Japanese robot toys. I remember my father, who didn't surprise me with gifts very often, Bring me back this little Japanese robot in a colorful box with Japanese writing all over it. And it ended up being what would soon after be rebranded in the U.S. as a GoBot. Pretty cool. Later on in my early to mid-twenties, I think I went back to Faneuil with friends a couple of times during drunken nights out. So a cool place. So yeah, unfortunately it does indeed seem to be the case that Peter Faneuil was involved in the slave trade. Does this make me more open to the idea of renaming Faneuil Hall? Yeah, probably a little. I, I can understand why people might feel that his involvement in the selling of human beings like cattle taints both his and the hall that bears his name's legacy. That being said, uh, like I am on a lot of issues, I'm kind of split on this one. On the one hand, it's been known as Faneuil Hall for a very long time, and it's a beloved historical meeting place and tourist attraction, so I can understand not wanting to suddenly quote-unquote rebrand it. On the other hand, personally, I probably wouldn't lose uh, much sleep at night if they did rename it. It brings up a good question or point I've heard made. If we start yanking down statues and renaming buildings or monuments because of their affiliation with slavery, where does it end? After all, many of the founding fathers, including Washington and Jefferson, owned slaves. And that's something I still struggle to reconcile. I'm an admirer of Thomas Jefferson. Uh, he was a brilliant man who embraced Enlightenment values and even spoke out against slavery, and I think even took legislative action against it, helping to ban slave importation into Virginia and in yeah, 19. And in 1784, uh, proposed federal legislation that would have banned slavery in the New North and South Territories. Uh, but I think it failed to pass Congress by one vote. On the other hand, well, he owned slaves. Supposedly, he inherited about 5,000 acres of land and 52 slaves at the age of 21, and then later inherited even more slaves and land through his father-in-law. I think it's theorized that financial issues might have been the main reason why he didn't release his slaves sooner. 
But I know at least to us, looking back from our modern perspective, that sounds like a pretty weak sauce reason to hold living, breathing human beings captive in bondage. Captive in bondage, is that redundant? So I don't know, once you yank on that loose sweater thread, how far does it go? I mean, in general, I'm definitely not opposed to taking down Confederate statues and putting them in museums where they can still provide some historical value. But how far do we take it? And maybe this is my northern bias showing through, but Robert E. Lee, I, I can kind of understand, fought for the Confederacy, as far as I understand it, never publicly denounced slavery. But even then, I feel like kind of an interloper saying that. Maybe as a northerner, I should mind my own damn business and let you southerners sort it out for yourselves. I don't know. We're kind of living in scary times, though. I never thought that in 2017 we'd almost be seeing race wars brewing in the streets. People with swastikas, others carrying tiki torches, strangely enough, and chanting, Jews will not replace us. Is that a real fear? Do they know how small the Jewish global population is? Not to make light, but if I don't laugh, I'll go insane. I don't get racism. The way I see it, we're all one species out of Africa, and sometimes... Uh, racists are also those really God-fearing types. And I always think, wait, if you believe in a higher power, wouldn't that same higher power that made you have made these other people too, the people that you hate so much? Would said higher power really want you hating your fellow man, treating them as subhuman? It's all weird and exhausting. And the mental gymnastics religious racists have to try to carry out, the Jews weren't really Jews, they were Aryans, or in the case of Mormonism, the dark skin of blacks is a punishment from God or some such nonsense. Uh, but with all that being said, I always get myself in trouble when I bring up race. I usually catch flack from one or both sides. So uh, I guess I'll call it quits. Um, this has been The Week in Doubt. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You know the drill. Please like the Facebook page. Please follow the show on Twitter. Check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing that now. If you want to help out the show monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash theweekendoubt and help the show out for as little as 99 cents a month and quit anytime you want. All right, brothers and sisters, later.